0: Welcome to the 72nd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. On November 3, 2009, USDA Deputy Secretary of Agriculture Kathleen Merrigan traveled to Hidden Stream Farm in southeast Minnesota to mark an historic occasion. On that day, she announced the awarding of over $17 million in grants to 29 groups and institutions nationwide that are working with new farmers. These grants have been made available through the Beginning Farmer and Rancher Development Program, called BFRDP for short. This is a new federal initiative that provides $75 million over five years in dedicated funding for community-based organizations and others working with new farmers. To have the federal government implement such a program is a truly precedent-setting situation. It's an acknowledgement that there are entrepreneurial opportunities in agriculture for beginning farmers, opportunities that go beyond simply working for large agribusiness firms. The Land Stewardship Project was a leading advocate for passage of BFRDP during the 2008 Farm Bill debate. While BFRDP was being created, LSP's Farm Beginnings Program was held up as a model for how the next generation of farmers can be launched utilizing community-based education and support programs. Farm Beginnings graduates traveled to Washington, D.C. during Farm Bill debate and described how they were utilizing innovative production and management systems to create successful agricultural enterprises. LSP members also hosted policymakers on their farms to provide them a first-hand look at sustainable, family farm-based agriculture. Hidden Stream Farm was chosen as the location for the national announcement of the first BFRDP grants because proprietors, Eric and Lisa Klein, have deep connections to LSP's Farm Beginnings program. Lisa's father, Everett Koenig, was one of the original Wabashaw County Give-A-Dams, a group of area farmers who approached LSP several years ago about creating a beginning farmer training program. The Kleins are graduates of one of the first Farm Beginnings courses offered by LSP over a decade ago and now operate a thriving pasture-based livestock operation that markets pork, chickens, and beef in southeast Minnesota and the Twin Cities. In this podcast, we'll hear from Lisa Klein and Deputy Secretary Merrigan as well as Amy Baciglupo, who is director of LSP's Farm Beginnings Program, and Mark Schultz, LSP's Policy Program Director and Associate Director. First off, we'll hear an excerpt of America's November 3rd announcement on Hidden Stream Farm.
1: We're losing too many farms in America, as you all know, and we're not only losing uh, our connection to agriculture and production, we're losing people who have great values, and uh, to see a family like this standing up on stage and saying that we can make it happen here. It's working for us. We're involved with a network of farmers and organizations. It's truly exciting. So thanks all for coming out. I am here to make official announcements, as you know. One of the great things that happened in the 2008 Farm Bill, thanks to your local congressman and... Congressman Peterson, of course, another part of the state, and organizations like Land Stewardship Project. We have a number of initiatives in that bill that are directed at new and beginning farmers uh, because we know that the average age of farmers in America is now 59 years of age. In Minnesota, you're doing a little bit better. I understand the statistic here is 55 years of age. But clearly, we're all wondering, who is this next generation of farmers? Where are they going to come from? What are the barriers to entry into American agriculture that they face? And so there are a number of new initiatives in the 2008 Farm Bill, one being uh, the beginning farmer and rancher development program. first grant awards that we're announcing under this new program, we are awarding today $17 million in grants to 29 institutions across the country. This is an education, training, and technical assistance and outreach program designed to help U.S. farmers and ranchers, specifically those that have been farming or ranching for ten years or fewer. The beginning farmer and rancher development program in the Farm Bill is, is there to make sure that farmers and ranchers have access to the resources and knowledge they need to succeed building on the demonstrated success and experience of groups like the Land Stewardship Project, big banner behind me, the Farmers Legal Action Group, uh, and others that are trying to come up with public private uh, strategies. So a lot of this is uh, really been the footsteps of, we're following the footsteps of the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings Program. This is where the Kleins got their start uh, with their Very wise parents sitting around the kitchen table, as I understand, with local community leaders, wondering where that next generation was going to come from. Um, So we're really excited about that. And what I really like about these these programs that help bring in the small and mid-sized farmers is it's connecting people again to agriculture. In September, USDA launched an initiative, a new initiative that we call Know Your Farmer, Know Your Food. It goes like this. We like to say at USDA these days, not every family needs an accountant, not every family needs a lawyer, but every every family needs a farmer.
0: After Merrigan's announcement, Lisa Klein talked to me about her family's connections to LSP's Farm Beginnings Program and how the initiative helped her and Eric launch their farming operation.
2: Before Eric and I got married, my dad had quit dairy farming and had dabbled in a little bit of beef, little pork, little chickens. We sold our first pig when somebody drove down the road and saw pigs out in the pasture. And that's kind of how our whole direct marketing started. But then when Eric and I got married um, and decided to come back to the farm, we knew that we weren't going to make it just raising pigs and selling them in the conventional market or raising beef or whatever. So we just... Pursued a little bit, a little bit at a time. The direct marketing. We we uh, started a small farmers market in Plainview. We started at one there, and then kind of moved into Rochester and developed client base. And we joined up with a group called the Southeast Minnesota Food Network. Uh, learned a lot about meat cuts and and beef and pork and figuring out pricing. And we also one of our requirements was from my father to come back was to be part of the, go through the farm beginnings course that he co-founded with other farmers from Wabasha County and LSP so that helped us you know we knew we had to do uh, direct marketing then we had to figure out how we were going to do that and that's part of what Farm Beginning helped us work through is they they helped us imagine what could be and they gave us the foundation with uh, planning holistic planning uh, budgeting, business plans, uh, networking with other established farmers, other beginning farmers, and their networks that have endured till still today because we still work with all the people that we've met, whether we are selling each other's products, buying each other's products, uh, pounding ideas off each other's heads, and through that we've kind of developed relationships, and slowly we develop the public trust in in the products that we raise and sell, to so the where today we can we feel pretty confident that we're going to make it and that's about 11 years later
0: what's also kind of exciting and this is what was kind of behind farm beginnings in the first place is we wanted to create a situation where it was self-sustaining in that people who graduate from the program then become mentors to other beginning farmers and you guys have done that as well haven't you
2: yeah, we are. Um, we have mentored others. We've had people come in and learn what we do, how we do it. Some are just first time getting their feet wet. Some people have experience and they just want to experience a different way of farming. You know, we, we do present presentations on our marketing, what we've learned at, with our marketing skills at the different Farm Beginnings classes. Eric's on the Farm Beginnings Steering Committee. So we've stayed very involved and uh, we really believe in the program is a good program and then you that uh, anybody that goes through it is going to benefit a lot.
0: One of the initial BFRDP grants has gone to the Land Stewardship Project to help your organization support beginning farmer training initiatives around the country. Amy Bocigalupo, director of LSP's Farm Beginnings Program, says the key to Farm Beginnings' success is its emphasis on community-based training and support.
3: We have um, seven states that are in either the initial stages or into their third, fourth year of hosting Uh, A Farm Beginnings-like training, and um, two of those states are, or two of those programs are in Illinois. One is in northern Illinois, and the second is in central Illinois. And they are also, with the funds that we received, able now to reach out to Another program in in southern Illinois. So there's been tremendous growth there. We also have a program being hosted in North Dakota and South Dakota, one in Nebraska, and then one on the East Coast with Hawthorne Valley um, Farms. What is interesting is that, you know, as we grow as a group of organizations that look to have farmer led, um, community based beginning farmer training efforts we have a lot to learn from each other
0: when we talk about a farm beginnings type training what is it that maybe sets it apart a little bit what is it that these programs are doing that maybe hasn't been done before
3: the story of farm beginnings really starts with its beginning and what has made it successful always has been that there is an established group of farmers in the communities that host this program that want to see beginning farmers be successful a one-year two-year Emphasis on training alone will not allow them to be successful. They need a connection to a network of established farmers who can guide them in a long-term process, um, to pick up both, you know, the production skills that they need, the knowledge, but also to help them navigate the startup process, which actually can be as long as 10 years. So, what we've learned through the 13th year, 13 years we've been doing this program is that that we need to build that network as strong as possible and, and, and it, ha- it is the base for the success of those beginning farmers. Training is important, access to capital is important, access to land is important, but none of those things alone or even um, without a, a base of farmers around them, none of those things will lead to success unless you have that community base.
0: Well, you had mentioned before too that you had uh, you and some other LSP staff uh, over the past year had visited other farmer uh, beginning farmer training programs, not necessarily farm beginnings license programs, but there it's surprising how many there are around the country. And one of the common themes you found was that community based uh, system that that, that really basing it in the community.
3: Yeah, um, even I mean even with. Um, farmers who are, um, for example, in Seattle, we visited um, Comunidad La Comunidad, which is a community-based organization that has been doing um, organizing on behalf of n- new immigrants, recent immigrants, um, and some and farm workers in in that region in Seattle. And they got to the point in that organizing where they realized that they really. There was an opportunity that many of these farm workers were missing in terms of moving directly into farming. And so, because they had been there for many years, organizing this community of farm workers and organizing within the sustainable agriculture community around these issues, they were able to move quickly into providing training and services and even uh, having a, a way t- to develop. Fairly quickly, a place for those farmers in the market, specifically in the farmers market venues in that in that town. So um, that's one example of of a program. Although it doesn't do the same kind of education um, that we do, um, it has that community base and, and is successful because of that. Community base organization is is the one working directly with the farmers, and it's the one that. Uh, um, it's that one-to-one relationship where there's enough communication, enough knowledge of an individual's um, needs where those resources can be best put to use. So the fact that we're able to work together with California FarmLink, Hawthorne Valley, um, all these organizations around the country and agree on, on what the needs are and the best way to meet them um, says a lot, I think, about uh, how, those, how, how we need to direct resources.
0: The Land Stewardship Project's Mark Schultz says that getting Congress to support such a precedent-setting program as BFRDP required a major grassroots effort to show the lawmakers that there are many exciting opportunities available for entrepreneurial family farmers. And those grassroots efforts must continue to make sure the program is implemented in a way that fits its original intent. I mean, first of all, just to say, it
4: is the first ever uh, beginning farmer Education or training or support programs specifically coming out of USDA. I mean, there's been little wrinkles here and there, but this is really saying it's a good use of public resources to help support the next generation of farmers to care for the land and grow our food, et cetera. And the re- you know, for decades we've had declining numbers of farms, that was just accepted as the way it was going to be. And why would you, you know, why would somebody get started farming? And it was assumed just the sons or maybe the daughters of farmers would take over in the appropriate numbers and most people wouldn't and that's okay because we're so much more efficient. But we've really started to see a shift in that. We've certainly seen in Minnesota the beginning of growth in the number of farms. And we've seen nationally, whether it's with organics or with sustainable livestock and, and meat, pasture-raised, gra- pasture et cetera, or it's in the whole local and regional food, that there are opportunities for people to farm. And they might not be farming. They might be new to agriculture or a generation removed. Or they might be farming significantly different, as as, as Lisa Klein does, from you know some, what her father was, who was a dairyman, and they're doing other things. There needs to be community support, community education, um, mentorships. You know network and sharing farmer to farmer education so that new farmers can at, um, take advantage of those opportunities we We were disciplined, we stayed with that message we said there are opportunities in agriculture and those kind of and named those opportunities and the importance of the next generation of farmers being able to access that opportunity and move forward with this growing part of American agriculture. As you know, who's saying it is equally important. Uh, One way we did that is we um, several times a year and through support of our members and some local foundations were able to fund what we call fly-ins. And we would have beginning farmers and mentors and other experienced farmers and other people in food businesses in the community go to Washington with, as Land Stewardship Project members and themselves deliver that message to Colin Peterson, the House Agriculture Committee Chair, to Tom Harkin, the Senate Chair, to Tim Walls, who co-authored this bill. And that is really powerful. And of course, it takes money to do it. But when you can do that, then... You have the policymaker directly speaking to somebody who isn't just talking about an idea, they're talking about their life. And they're talking with conviction and with experience, and it's strong. That's what community-based programs give you, and that's what membership organizations like Land Stewardship Project give you. The other thing we did that was people-centered that way is in our districts, in our states, where we would hold meetings on farms, on a beginning farmer or a mentor's farms and highlight this issue among other issues. And again it's very real and you'd bring the the member of congress to that and that. There is a concern we have Brian with the beginning farmer and rancher development program. Of the 29 grants that were awarded in this first ever round of grants, only 10 went to community led programs. The pri- it stated clearly in the law that that is the priority for the grants. So we need to uh, reverse that. Um, Most of all the rest of the grants went to large land grant universities and other institutions. And while some of those programs will probably have good relationships with the community, we don't want that money just to be seen as funding university budgets. We want it to go to the best possible use and we clearly see as we go around the country community-based approaches for new farmer training, education, mentoring, support. That's the way to go, and we need those dollars to go that way. So we're going to be counting on Deputy Secretary Merrigan to be an ally with us in improving the grant-making out of this program next round. (laughs)
0: For more on Farm Beginnings, see www.farmbeginnings.org. More on the BFRDP grants announcement is available at www.landstewardshipproject.org. Just click on Newsroom and follow the links to the LSP in the News section. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore@landstewardshipproject.org at landstewardshipproject.org. Or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.